Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Welcome to the Chronicles of Nannia, a nanny resource podcast made for nannies by me, a nanny. I am your host, Martha Reddick, and this week we are going to be talking about taxes as a nanny. This is one of the biggest questions that I see come up over and over and over again on uh, uh groups like the Nanny Love or uh, all of these websites that help nannies sort through how to conduct themselves like a business, which we are a business. And my guest this week is Jen Hilton. Hello, Jen. Hello. How are you? I'm doing super well. How are you? I'm doing great on this Saturday. It's very cold here. Yes. Thank you so much for having me today. (laughs) It's wonderful to have you. Um, We were kind of chatting before we got started recording, and I am just so excited for this episode. I, uh, you are so knowledgeable in this, and I'm excited to pick your brain. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I am no expert, but I feel like I, I feel like I could be. <laughs> yeah, it certainly sounds like you can, or you could be. Um, well, before we get into nanny taxes, let's hear a little bit about your background as a nanny um, and how you came to be where you are. Oh well, it's very, it's very interesting. Um, I've been a professional nanny for approximately. I'm gonna go with 20 plus years. Uh, prior to that, I, you know, I babysat like many of us have done. Mm-hmm. So as far as taking care of children, I would give that number a closer to 27 years. However, in the middle of all that, um, I was actually a, uh, member of the United States Navy. So I have a little oh, bit wow. of, yeah, I have a little bit of a military background too. And I can tell you that while <laughs> I was active duty, um, I was a hundred percent involved in anything child related. Either I, helped with, if we had like an open house on our bases, somebody always tasked me with taking care of the children's room or something like that. Right. So, um, I've had many commanding officers in my Navy career and Mm -hmm. I always ended up helping them with their children. So there was, (laughs) there was always some sort of child related aspect to everything I've done. So it was only a natural, uh, I guess, chain of events that led me to where I am today. That's so here great. I am. That's wonderful. Um, I bet your Navy training helps with discipline, certainly. 
Uh, every single nanny family I've ever had has appreciated that more than I ever realized they would. Yes. <laughs> yes. I mean, I, I can certainly just thinking about it from my point of view, I would be like, oh, she must be very good. <laughs> I'm gentle, but strict, I guess yeah. is the way that they explain it. Yeah. Yes. Those, setting those really strong boundaries, um, I think is, is really great for kids. Absolutely. 100%. Um, well, wonderful. Well, let's get into it because we've got a lot to talk about. Um, so, okay. Walk me through the perfectly legal way to do your taxes as a nanny. And let's say for this, for the purposes of this question that, um, you are a 40 hours a week nanny. Yes, I'm a 40 hours a week nanny. I do the luxury of only working four days a week. Oh, that's so those great. 40 hours are smashed into four days. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't mean that I'm not flexible, but yeah. So I am your typical 40 hour a week nanny. I have done those 50, 60, 70 plus hours mm-hmm. in my history. <laughs> so I can say that I've done all that. Uh, so it's nice to be able to have those 40 hours. But yes, I do fall into that category of a typical average 40 hour a week nanny. Great. So for that, what is the, the ideal way to do your taxes? Ideally, perfectly legal way. Mm-hmm. It's going to sound so basic. <laughs> That's but, great. But it's nearly identical to any other traditional type. And I say traditional because there are other types of employment dynamics, but it's very much like a traditional type of employment. Mm-hmm. The nanny In this case, the nanny is the employee, the family is the employer. The employer, nanny family as we like to call them, they obtain an EIN number, which stands for Employer Identification Number from the IRS. The employer pays the employee, in this case the nanny. Mm -hmm. Generally, a payroll is set up. It doesn't have to be. It's much easier on everybody if you know if they do do that. Right. Um, they can't. They can pay with a personal check. Um, oftentimes, nanny families have their own personal accountant. Which remind me later to tell you that not all accountants know a thing about yes. household employment. So that's very important. Um, okay. So then, moving forward, the employer pays employment taxes. They withhold the required taxes, which the required taxes are. Social Security and Medicare or FICA, as you see on your pay stub, Mm -hmm. they are not required to withhold federal and state income tax. Mm -hmm. Um, If if the nanny family and the nanny agree, then yes, they would do that just like any other job. And that would be something that would be written into the contract. You're right. That would be written into the contract um, and the form to the form to direct the nanny family to do that is the form that many of us have seen, a Mm -hmm. W-4. They complete that along with an I-9, and we can talk about that later. Um, The employee would then start to get paid. Uh, It typically takes one to two weeks for a payroll to get set up. Um, Every time a paycheck is received, it comes with a pay stub. If there's a payroll company, typically an email is sent, and and you can electronically access your pay stub. Oftentimes, and I'm going to say probably 75% of the nannies that I know, if not mm-hmm. more, they're all pay, paid via direct deposit. Yeah, I have found um, that to be true as well. It saves everybody a lot of money, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, 
there, there are some circumstances where the nanny might be paid uh, biweekly, bimonthly, mm-hmm. which is slightly different. They might get paid weekly and then they might get paid monthly. I've been paid monthly before. I actually liked it. Um, mm-hmm. And that's how they determined to set it up with the payroll company because it you know, depends on the fees. Right. Um, sometime in January of the following year, a W-2 is then generated just like any other company. The employee then takes that and files his or her taxes. We all know we have mannies within our industry. So mm-hmm. I see his or her. Yes. Um, thank you. And this is the basics. It's just like, you know, I mean, I worked at Burger King mm-hmm. when I was younger and I got paid the same way. So it's the exact same situation as a typical average job. You are an employer. If you're the family, the nanny is the employee. And that's how it works. That's pretty basic. Great. So you would only be paying uh, your taxes or filing your taxes Um at, in that January to April time frame, once you get exactly your exactly so yeah exactly so that how how that works is like for me my nanny family came home my my boss had my W two in her hands I would say she probably had them on like January seventh she had them very quickly yeah um, that doesn't always happen that way because no. sometimes <laughs> there's you know time but I mean if I see them every day. There's no mailing involved, but you know, they do have until January 31st to get it in the mail. Mm-hmm. So it, it's, it's, it's important to preface to get it in the mail. And I believe the time frame that you need to receive it by in technical or legal terms is approximately February 15th, depending on what days, business days fall in whatever year that we're talking about. Like if it's a Saturday, obviously it would be the following Monday. Right, um, right. And then you do like any normal tax situation for you. I, I might use different forms in another nanny. I'm married. So mm-hmm. we, we also own a business. So I might use different tax form. But the, like the average individual is going to use a form 1040 mm-hmm. or a 1040 easy. They probably use an, on, an online site or they have software on their computer. They right. file their taxes, they either e-file or they send in a paper copy and it's done. They get their refund or they might have to owe. There are circumstances where they might have to owe right. and then they pay, but it's just like a general average job. Yes. That's how it works. So. Yes. And that is how it should work. <laughs> um, that is how it should work. Yes, yes. you are correct. Uh, because I know that a lot of nannies really struggle with this as employees. Um, sometimes it's difficult if the family is hesitant to pay you. Uh, a lot of times we say on the books. Mm-hmm. Um, so legally. Um, so let's talk through that. The difference between receiving a W-2 or a 1099. So a 1099 form, uh, in the simplest way to answer, is a form used for an independent contractor or a freelancer, mm-hmm. another way to describe that. Mm-hmm. And, and to just give you a, a one-sentence answer, a nanny is not in any way, shape, or form an independent contractor. They are an employee. And there's reasons for that. Um, just by definition, the word independent contractor the key word is independent because mm-hmm. an independent contractor works for themselves. They determine their own hours. They provide their own tools. 
They control the terms of the business relationship. They are their own boss. They just be ha- they just happen to work with somebody else to do some work for them. And an example of that might be a contractor situation if you're building a house or right. something like that. A yeah. nanny works in your home. They are a household employee. And there are IRS guidelines that describe this. Mm-hmm. in detail, in very easy to understand language. A, a very quick Google search will bring that right up. Anybody can see it. Um, it's right there. And I think the, the confusion comes because some people don't see our job as legitimate. Mm-hmm. So, so they see us maybe as just a babysitter, but mm-hmm. the IRS doesn't differentiate. If you pay X amount of dollars in an annual situation, you are required to do all this. You cannot give your nanny a 1099. It's illegal yes. is, the, is the best way to put it. So <laughs> Yes. Um, and I actually have a couple different graphics that show this really well. I mean, I did not create them. I found them. Um, but I will put them up on the Chronicles of Nannia website and on the Facebook group of Chronicles of Nannia uh, the week that this is released so that you can visit there and see that um, it breaks it down really well about why if you are given a 1099 besides the fact that it's illegal how much more you as a nanny pay if the family goes that route uh, and why it is so important for you to advocate for yourself Absolutely. Absolutely. And and I think, I think mathematically as a nanny, if you agree to it and many nannies agree to it unbeknownst to what they're actually agreeing to, Mm -hmm. I think that it's approximately 30% more because in essence you are paying to employ yourself. Right. And, and, and those taxes that you are paying to employ yourself are the taxes that your employer would be paying. Yes. So, so it's it's not a good deal for you and it's also not the legal thing the IRS considers nannies. Exactly. Yes. They consider it and I'm going to be very blunt, they they consider that situation and and then under the table obviously would be not reporting anything at all, but they consider it tax evasion mm-hmm. or tax fraud, which is uh not to be over dramatic, but mm-hmm. it's considered a felony offense. Right. So, so it's yeah. pretty serious. It is pretty serious. Um, and on that same note, how, what are the legal repercussions for the family refusing to do it and for the nanny refusing to do it? So the nanny refusing to do it, um, Obviously, if the nanny refuses to report her income, if there's any situation where she's audited, generally speaking, she's going to owe some serious fines and back taxes with interest. Mm-hmm. That's the general consensus. Will there be any federal charges? I can't say that for sure. Right. Yes, there can be, but the onus is typically on on the employer. Um, the federal penalties for not paying a household employee legally can be very serious. Uh, the IRS does not, as far as I know, accept ignorance as an excuse. Uh, there are, are hefty fines 
And based on my research, I believe the fines are anywhere from $25,000 or more and and prison time because it is a federal felony offense. Mm -hmm. So um, in a quick Google search, uh, we'll we'll show you or show all of us that there have been some pretty high profile individuals who have ended up in in jail Mm -hmm. (laughs) and And to take it a step further, I don't know of any particular individuals, but I know that it has happened. Um, If you're a doctor, you can Mm. lose your license to practice. If Mm. you're caught for tax evasion, many of our nanny families are physicians. If you are a lawyer, you you can lose your license to practice law. And I believe without getting into any details, we just had a situation with the current presidential administration mm-hmm. where somebody was chosen for the cabinet and it turned out that he did not pay his nanny legally for many years. Yes. Uh, so, so it's, I don't suggest doing it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I would never suggest doing it um, for two reasons. One, it's illegal, obviously. Right. The other reason is us as nannies to ever agree to it we want to be taken seriously mm-hmm. as a professional and as, and as a professional industry. So that just lends to that professionalism if we're paid professionally. Right. So. Yes. And all this goes back to that contract. When you agree to be a family's nanny, that contract is so important. Um, and we've talked about it on several different episodes, but, uh, I plan to do an entire episode just on nanny contracts um, and how to set one up to to present yourself as a business and to be the captain of your own ship. And this is a huge thing that needs to be very spelled out in that contract. 100%. And that contract or work agreement it's not just a protection for the nanny, but it protects both parties. And it is generally ironclad. Mm-hmm. Generally, I say generally because there right. are a few exceptions where your contract cannot supersede federal law. If, for instance, you can't make a nanny not get paid for overtime just because right. you said so in your contract. But what it does is it protects the nanny. Uh, and when you do your episode, you'll, I'm sure that you'll touch upon those subjects, but there are, most of our states are at will employment, mm-hmm. but a contract, a contract protects a nanny from being fired for, for not for cause. So if that were to ever happen, or if a nanny were to up and leave a family mm-hmm. and did not give proper notice, that mm-hmm. contract protects the family. So the contract is our Bible. That's, that's what I call it. Yes. Yes. It's very important. Um, okay. So for nannies that are listening to this and are like, oh man, I'm paid under the table. And these very intelligent, kind hearted ladies are convincing me that I shouldn't be anymore. Um, what can a nanny who is paid under the table do to move towards uh, not being paid under the table, being paid legally. I know it's hard. It's very daunting because many of our, many of our comrades, I guess a comrade, I call them comrades, Mm -hmm. but many of our, or coworkers, uh, it's seen as confrontation. And so the number one thing I always tell anybody who asks me, 
remove that word from your vocabulary. This is not confrontation. This is business. This is a business relationship. Yes, your nanny family might be amazing or they may not be, but mm-hmm. you it's important to advocate for yourself and to remind yourself that when you're talking about your your life as you're financially stable, this is for you. So I always say that first. Remove that word. It's not confrontation. Right. And then I say Gauge the relationship with your nanny family. We all know that they're all different. Um, if the relationship is very good and there is a very good open line of communication, it should be a very easy approach. Um, I always suggest to come from a place of kindness, thank them for having that relationship, and then go into it. Uh, maybe ask for your annual review. Having an annual review is a very good time to ask for this because it's a nice segue into saying, I think that we should go this route. Um, And then I say, perhaps you should indicate that it's important for you to have a work history. Maybe you're looking to buy a house because you might be getting married soon, or you don't want to get married, but you do want to buy a house. (laughs) Right. Or you want to buy a car or you just want to have that work history. Because when you look under the table and you're not being paid legally, don't have a work history. There's nothing there. And mm-hmm. you need that for your future. Even um, and- like example, for example, I live in Chicago and they, to even rent in Chicago, you need a work history. Yes. Yes. Because they <laughs> so, do a background check. Yes. And if, the, and if there's no evidence of your income, for sure, they're going to say, well, you don't make any money. I mean, I've heard stories about these nannies who go to buy a car and they're having to prove themselves to the finance officer within the dealership that they have money and right. it's, it's hard. Right. So I completely have to, I, I totally get it. It's very hard. It's hard enough to walk in there as a woman and trying to be serious sometimes. Mm-hmm. And then when you say, Oh, I don't have proof of income. So that's huge. Um, and then, you know, I also offer them, if they're afraid, I say, just simply say that you really did not know the ramifications of being paid this way mm-hmm. and rectifying it is not only important for you, but it's in, it's important for the family as well. Because those ramifications, if it were to ever come back, it could hurt both parties. Right. Yes. Um, I can, I mean, I've, I've suggested this and I think I can probably in the last six months, especially lately, cause it is tax season. Mm-hmm. I know of at least five nannies who bit the bullet, they did it, and it was their best decision that they've ever made. They had great relationships with their nanny family, so that was a bonus, obviously. Mm-hmm. And now they're being paid legally. Yes. It, you know, I mean, they worked with an accountant on each and every single situation. They were able to avoid any negative consequences because they had an accountant working with them, and, and everybody's happy. So, Um, and that leads into my next question, which is what if, I mean, I know that January or maybe even having the talk in November or December is ideal to then start this the next January. But if you were to start this mid year, start being paid legally, what does that look like? How does that affect it? You know what? I don't think that it looks any different. Um, I can't really tell anybody what to do right. about what they were doing previously. I can only tell them. I tell them 
going forward, you might want to do this, especially if it's a first nanny family Mm -hmm. or it's a new nanny family and they've only been off the books for, say, a few months. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm never going to suggest to do anything illegally. Right. But I will suggest that it's a good idea to do it moving forward. Yes. And then maybe chalk off the previous three months as a mistake. You can, if it's in the middle of the year, you can certainly include that income and then talk to an, talk to somebody from the IRS. They will be more than willing to talk to anybody mm-hmm. and say, we need to rectify this. And there, there will be no ramifications. I can guarantee you if it's right in the middle of a brand new nanny and a family relationship, it's not because there's no ill will. They right. didn't know. And they'll say, okay, well, this is what you need to do to fix it. Yeah, there might be some some money that might be owed from those previous months. Right. But they will be more than willing to work with anybody who does that. I know of two situations where um, a 1099 was used. So they were still being paid. Taxes were still being paid. But the IRS allowed the family and the nanny to go back and amend the previous Mm. years. I think there were two years on each situation. And in the end, the nanny ended up coming out with a lot of money because she was paying her own taxes. Oh, wow. And the, and the nanny family, they did owe, obviously. Right. Um, and I don't know how high the fines were. There was no jail time. They did not get in trouble. But they realized their mistake. Mm-hmm. And they took the appropriate actions to fix it after a course of two years. They amended. They paid. And everything was fine. Yeah, And then everything's fine going forward. They did the right thing. Granted, yeah. these families, you know, they were wealthy. They were able to pay it. So that's important, which right. that, that, that's a whole other topic, you know, right. who can afford to have a nanny. But um, it worked out great. So it's just yeah. a matter of having that conversation, I think. And I, that's really great to hear that if you go to the IRS and approach them and say, we have been doing this incorrectly – we need help correcting it, that you won't be punished in the same way, probably, as if, you're if caught. they catch you. Yes, exactly. Yes, if you're caught. Yeah, if, you're, if caught. you're caught, then they probably will punish to the full degree of the law. Whereas if you say, we're very sorry, this was wrong, how exactly. can we fix and I- it? Exactly. Because at the end of the day, the IRS wants their money. We yes. all know that, right? <laughs> so so they're going to do whatever it takes to get their money and they will work with anybody. And when you have an accountant working with you, that also helps because you know, I will be honest and say not all accountants know household employment tax mm-hmm. law. So it's important to choose one that knows. Um, but having the accountant who knows work with you they're going to have contacts, so they'll be able to help you. Yes. They'll be able to help everybody involved. So so that is something that is definitely worth paying a third party to help you navigate this. Especially when the fines can, can get into the thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars. So right. yeah, definitely worth it. Yep. Um, wonderful. Um, are there ways that your employer can save money by paying you on the books? Yes, because I believe there are write-offs. Um, mm-hmm. The write-off, actually, that I'm fully aware of is the child care credit. I believe it's called the dependent 
care and child care credit. It's only up to a certain amount of money and it depends on the family's full income. Mm-hmm. However, however, the, my full on answer to that is yes, you save money because if you're audited and mm-hmm. you don't do it, you're going to pay a hell of a lot more. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I mean, really that's the, that's the true answer. You're paying to not get into trouble. Right. So, yes. Um, and I actually looked some of this up, um, on a website that's called the nanny tax company. They have a yes. frequently, uh, ask questions section. And one of them is how can I save money by paying nanny taxes? And they list two different ways. So there's the flexible spending account, the FSA, um, and pre-tax dollars. Mm-hmm, yeah. yeah. And so that, and then you can reimburse yourself for child independent care costs. And then there's also what you mentioned, the child independent care tax credit. Tax credit, yes. Um, which can reduce your federal income taxes. Um, but it does say that there are several tests you must pass in order to qualify for this credit. Uh, the family, not you. Yeah, the family the does. Yeah, the family does. And that probably that, that's a good segue into the fact that having a nanny in general is a luxury. Yes. And, and when a family chooses to have a nanny, they need to be able to sustain not just the income, but they need, they need to be able to sustain the cost to employ them. Right. So, you know, those are some things to consider when a family wants to hire a professional nanny because a nanny we all know is not an an affordable equivalent to daycare. No. So we're not, it's far more expensive to have a nanny no matter how anybody looks at it. Mm-hmm. Yes, it very much is. Um, and, and yeah, to, to encourage your nanny family, if you, if you have a good relationship and you can do it in a kind way of, of saying that their budget needs to include all of this as well. Yes. Yes. I mean, I think I did the math with an amount of $15 an hour. I just Mm -hmm. chose $15 an hour. So depending on the number uh, of guaranteed hours, let's just say it's 40. Mm -hmm. I believe the cost to employ a nanny for approximately $15 an hour is somewhere in the vicinity of $30,000 a year. Mm -hmm. That is just the cost of the actual salary from the hourly wage. Mm -hmm. Then there's the additional cost of employment taxes, and then there's the nanny family's portion of Social Security and Medicare in addition to unemployment taxes. So that $30,000 a year now turns into closer to 40 something thousand dollars, probably about 40. Right. So yes, a lot of that can be written off, but there's only right. so much. So yeah, there are savings, but $15 an hour is like a medium wa- median wage mm-hmm. for, for a nanny. And if a family can't afford that, then, then, then we know that possibly they're not going to be able to actually afford the cost to employ them. Right. Yes. Or employ them for as many hours or, or exactly on a full-time 40 um, hour basis. Right. Um, Are there differences if you are a 30-hour or 38-hour employee? 
No. Okay. There are no there are no differences. So, there are no differences because at the uh, I believe the threshold for last year and this year, if you pay and and I probably should preface this, whether you are a sitter, whether you're um, a a cook in somebody's house, a chef, or you're a housekeeper. If you're a household employee and and you are paid over $2,000, I think the threshold is $2,000 for mm-hmm. last year and this year, that is the amount that any family, if they pay, they have to then become your employer. Okay, that's good so, to know. So, so even like date night sitting, there is potential. I mean, you can yes. easily rack up. Yes. Two thousand dollars with a single in payments, exactly, exactly. Now, for the nanny, as the employee, she might work for ten different families over the course of a year. But if she makes more than four hundred dollars annually, and I can't tell any nanny what to do, (laughs) Mm -hmm. she's she's supposed to claim that income regardless, right? Yeah. So, and that's her own, his or Manny or a nanny. That's mm-hmm. their own. That's their own personal tax situation. I can't tell them what to do, but that's the law, <laughs> right? So. And and when I first moved to Chicago, that was how I handled it. I was piecemealing together so many different jobs and doing. Um, you know, I was a waitress and I worked at a gym, and then I also babysat on the side, and I just bit the bullet and claimed it. You know, as a babysitter and paid additional all the income. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, because that's, that's what I had to do. Um, it is what you have to do. Yep. But yeah. So if you are piecemealing together, um, jobs, then that is potentially a trickier situation or you just need to bite the bullet and pay more of it. And- and it's probably worth it in my mind. Now, mm-hmm. obviously, there are, there are people who will disagree and right. they take the money as cash. That's their choice. That's mm-hmm. their choice. And it's a matter of, you know, risking to never get audited. That's, right. that's what I always tell anybody who ever asks me. Mm-hmm. So, yep, that is a very good point. Um, great. So, what are some resources? Uh, to help you and your nanny family file correctly throughout the year. We already mentioned the um, the nanny tax company, their website. I, I haven't personally used them, and I have no affiliation with them. But their website seems to indicate that they are very good at, and they are very, very knowledgeable about the ins and outs of specifically nanny taxes. Um and they're based out of Illinois, uh, but it looks like they service the entire country. Yes, most companies will service any state in the whole country. They're national. Mm-hmm. Um, I know of a few. There's uh, one called Homework Solutions. Um, there's another one. Their their previous name in the industry was Breedlove. They believe are still called them, but they go by... Let me just bring that up because it's, yeah. it's part of care.com now. Care.com has acquired them. Great. Um, I believe it's home pay. Okay. Home pay. Yes, I've and seen that. I am actually I am actually paid that way. Okay. My home pay. So my nanny family just switched over to my home pay. Uh, is provided by Breedlove. They are still called that. There are several 
several companies. There are actually very large payroll companies that have smaller subsidiaries. I believe Paychex is one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they specialize in household employment taxes. A simple Google search, and my go-to is Nanny Taxes 101. I'll just plug that right into the Google bar. Great. You will get a plethora of information. Great. That is wonderful. And again, the ones that uh, Jen just mentioned, I will uh, list those websites on um, Chronicles of Nania on Facebook. I'll probably tweet out links to those websites. So throughout this week, just look for all of that information. You can also find a list of them at chroniclesofnania.com. So if you're like, oh, no, I'm driving and I can't write all this down, um, it will be there for you. Don't worry. Never fear. Don't write it down while you're driving. Yes. Do not write it down while you're driving, please. Um, Great. So we already discussed uh, when you should file your taxes, when you should receive your W-2 that it should be received by uh, or mailed out by January 31st, received at the latest, probably February 15th. Um, but if you're in their house every day, hopefully they just hand it to you because that seems like the easiest. But It does. You take it how you can get it. Um, talk to me about deductible. Uh, what is deductible? Uh, can nannies claim deductions? Things like that. So, yeah. so yes, actually they can. And uh, I actually know... Many, many, many nannies who rack up some serious costs because they Mm -hmm. buy their own equipment. They buy their own strollers. They buy their own uh, wearable nanny things. I think they're called the Tulas. It's Uh been a long time since I've (laughs) since I've worked with uh, with babies, and I've never baby worn, so I can tell you I don't know them. I know there are some favorites out there, right? Um, And we will do a whole episode about that at some point. Those are expensive. Those but those rack up. Mm-hmm. Um, diaper bags. I uh, know there are some favorites out there. Out here in New Hampshire, we just like to use LLB and everything. But yes. um, <laughs> those things are expensive. And I know of a couple of nannies who have spent thousands of dollars. And then there's the additional expenses of maybe they might have a craft bag and they keep they keep construction paper and they keep other items in that bag. And if in fact that cost equals more than 2%. I believe the threshold is 2% of mm-hmm. your income. You can you can actually write it off as an expense. However, if you choose to do that, then you must itemize everything instead of taking the standard deduction. Right. So the standard deduction changes every year, which we all know. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm married, so obviously I file a little bit of a different way. However, I just filed, and I can tell you that during the process of filing, I get asked all these questions when I use my little TurboTax, Mm -hmm. and it asks me these questions, and it asks me how much did I spend. And then once it calculates that, it'll tell me if it's worthwhile for me to itemize or if it's worthwhile for me to just take the standard deduction. I'm going to guess if I spent four, five, six thousand dollars $6,000 on just work-related expenses, that I just described, then mm-hmm. yeah, it's most likely worth my while to itemize. However, it's completely up to each individual's situation. Right. But yes, you can. And I'm going to take it a step further. If you belong to the INA, 
that's a $45 fee. I believe it's just, I just paid my dues. I think mm-hmm. it was $45. Um, if you pay for yourself to be certified in CPR and first aid every year, you can write that off. So yes. those are the different types of things that you can write off. What about gas? Now, gas is a different com- thing completely. Yes, yes, you can. The answer is yes, you can. However, I strongly advise every nanny to have it in their contract to make their nanny family, or I shouldn't use the term make, but that's what I mean, right. <laughs> to make their nanny family reimburse them at the federal rate for all mileage expenses. Yes. Because at the end of the day, if you're using your own vehicle, you shouldn't have to pay to transport somebody else's children. Right. So, and, and I've always had it that way. And that rate changes every year. We all know, mm-hmm. I believe right now it's 53.5 cents. Um, and that's mileage that pays for everything that pays for the cost of the fuel that pays for the maintenance and the maintenance could be anything from your oil changes to keep your tires to cleaning your vehicle. Great. So I include that in my work agreement slash contract with my nanny family. And okay. I use an app and the app tracks my mileage, you know. Great. And, and what is the name of that app? I use Mile IQ. Great. I've seen that listed several times. It works perfectly. So so here's the key. Even if my nanny family did not, say they did not, mm-hmm. I could still use that app because it's it's transferable. It, it, it keeps a mileage using, which is kind of scary because it tracks where you drive, right? right. But um, it tells you every place that you go so you can actually keep track without having to handwrite anything. So you can use it either way. Great. Can you turn – do you turn it on and off? Yeah. So I have mine so, – so I work Monday. I'm mm-hmm. sorry. I work Tuesday through Friday. Mm-hmm. So mine is set to start at 8.15 a.m. when mm-hmm. I arrive to work, and it, and it ends at the time that I leave, which is approximately 5.30 every day. So, And then when you go on to the – the app is extremely easy to use. You just swipe left or right, um, and you swipe left or right based on whether or not it's a personal expense okay, or if it's a business expense. Great, because I was wondering, like, let's say you got permission to go pick up your prescription on the clock – and you go do that. That's certainly not. And you would just swipe to the Great. way. And I believe it's swipe left. I believe swipe <laughs> left. <laughs> Reminds me of some other apps I've heard of. Yes. Yes. <laughs> probably to much different ends. Yes. Yes. I would agree. <laughs> um, well, wonderful. That is great advice. Um I actually use my nanny family's car and they pay for all the gas. So that's not something that I have to deal with, which I really enjoy that they let me just use Yes, their that car. is definitely a huge, a huge bonus. But let's pretend that they didn't. So I can right. tell you, uh, for me, every year, on average, I get approximately $6,000. Wow. $6,000. Some years it's less. Um, I believe this last year was approximately $4,200 in mm-hmm. reimbursements because I travel so much with my car right. and we know that many of our nannies travel a lot. So mm-hmm. that is true. And can you, um, claim the miles to and from your nanny's house? So you can only technically claim the miles during working hours, right. not your commute. However, oftentimes 
um, say you have an existing relationship with your nanny family and they decide to move and they want you to continue working for them, they can include in your contract that they will now pay you the additional difference. Okay. So, yeah, there, there's no law against right. it, but federal standards do not allow for a commute. Yes. Um, wonderful. So let's say that you are um, a full-time 40 hours a week nanny, but then you have side families that you do date night babysits with. Um, what are your recommendations for that income? I would indicate that if they pay you more than, <clears throat> I'm going to talk legal here. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> if they if they pay you more than six hundred dollars, then yes, that is con- that that is considered additional income. Um, technically, you're already making more than that anyway. Right. So it is considered additional income. If they pay you more than two thousand dollars in the course of a year, mm-hmm. then they are they are legally obligated to be an additional employer of yours. Does that happen to most of our nannies that we are aware of pocket that as cash? They probably do. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to judge. Right. <laughs> but but technically, that's what you would do. Great. It would be considered additional income. Or if it's more than $2,000 worth of date nights in a year, then you would have to get an additional W-2 from them. Great. So just to clarify so six hundred dollars to two thousand dollars additional income two thousand dollars and above ideally w-2 yeah so two thousand if it's two thousand dollars and above it's it's they they have to give you a w-2 they have to basically do the same thing as your nanny family obtain an employer identification number and go through the whole process if it's less than that they don't need to do that Mm-hmm. However, it is still additional income. Right. Um, if it's if they pay you less than six hundred dollars, I believe. Well, I mean, you're already making your regular income, mm-hmm. so so technically, you should be considering that as additional income. Right. Um, all right. that can be found right on irs.gov. And mm-hmm. if you just pull up the nanny, I believe it's called household employment tax code. It's, it's, it's right there. Right. And there are, there are a couple of, uh, exceptions to the rule. For instance, if you hire your sister, your, your, your teenage sister to take care of your kids. Right. Or if you are working for a, a family, a family member that is not necessarily considered there are those weird exceptions. Mm-hmm. And then if you're under the age of, I believe the age is 16, I'll have to double check that. But in a nutshell, any income that you make is reportable income. Right. So that makes sense. Um, what about a nanny share? How A nanny share. Does yes. Does that me... work? <laughs> so a nanny share is, is different. Mm-hmm. Because it typically is, it's different, but it's the same. Mm -hmm. Typically, a nanny share is two families that have the same needs at the same hours, generally speaking. I'm going to say that. Right. It's not always like that, obviously. Mm -hmm. Um, If a family pays a sitter or a nanny over the threshold, we all know they must obtain. So in the case of a nanny share, most often it's going to be for full-time work. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so it will be over that amount. Each each family will have to do the exact same thing. They're going to have to obtain their own employer identification numbers, and they're going to have to represent themselves as your as your employers separately. Great. I recommend mm-hmm. a separate contract for each family. Mm-hmm. And typically, how it works is they will negotiate the rate with you. So. For instance, if my rate is $20 an hour on average, a nanny share means that that rate is lowered by approximately one third mm-hmm. per family. So so now maybe one family is paying $16 an hour and the other family is also paying $16 an hour. Right. Each family saves a few dollars, but you as the nanny are now making a little bit more money. Mm-hmm. But it, everything else about it typically works the same in a tax situation, uh, the laws are still the same for both families. However, the differences lie, you know, with the intricacies of the relationships. Right? Um, are are they good friends? Is this going to work out? Do they have the same needs? Do they need the same hours? What if one child is sick? So that's that's completely separate from, yes, from the monetary actually, side of it. We have an episode about that. So if you're listening to this and you're like, oh, this applies to me, all of that uh, detail work with nanny shares, we covered in an episode um, a few episodes back. So go look that up. Um, but just for tax tax purposes, it works the same. It works exactly the same. And there are some nanny shares mm-hmm. where there's three families. Mm-hmm. Works exactly the same. Right. Each family is going to have to obtain an employer identification number and they're going to have to go through the same process. So at the end of the year, you know, say January timeframe of the following year, the nanny gets her W-2s. She'll now have three W-2s to work with instead of just one. Right. So um, it works the same way. Yes, and on uh, nanny the nanny tax company's website, they also just say that the host family, so the family that you are in their household, should check with their insurance agent regarding liability and other insurance related issues. Just as absolutely, a disclaimer. absolutely. And I know a few shares where they they uh, they alternate houses every right. other week. So, so then that complicates things but I can't say that I've ever done one to mm-hmm. me it's just too cumbersome but it works for many people so. mm-hmm. yes it certainly does um, wonderful what about overtime 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 mm-hmm. one of our favorite topics huh yes <laughs> right up there <laughs> yes. with taxes so most most all the time all the time oh and I feel bad because many fam- many nannies are not paid overtime Mm-mm. legally. Legally, a live-out nanny is required to be paid overtime. And that comes from our trusty little Fair Labor Standards Act. Mm -hmm. Uh, Household employees are not salaried. They are paid for every hour worked. Now, there are a handful of states. I cannot tell you them at the top of my head. I know Massachusetts is one of them. Uh, They have their own household employment laws because they're very – modern and a lot of people here in Massachusetts or they I should say not here but next door at Massachusetts right. have worked very hard to make those laws. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically the gist is uh, generally speaking after 40 hours 
it's 1.5. So time and a half times the base hourly rate right. uh, after 40 and the same seven day period over time applies in the state of California. I believe it's a daily, a daily rate. And I believe oh. it's after, I believe it's after eight and a half. Don't quote me on that, right, right. but it's based look on the hours in a day. Your own state. So if yeah, are. so look it up in your own state. There are a handful of states that say, um, no, you, there is no overtime payment, right. but you are still required to be paid for every hour worked. There's right. very few states that are like that. Um, and that only applies to certain types of jobs. And there are a few states, I don't know them off the top of my head, that include household employment in that. Mm-hmm. However, they're still supposed to be paid for every hour worked. Right. Um, some states have the daily rate, which I happen to mention. Um, if a state does not have specific language outlining their labor laws surrounding overtime, it automatically defaults to the federal law. Right, and that would that would be forty hours in the same seven day pay period. Anything over that, and that that seven day pay period is generally Sunday through Saturday. Okay, uh, one week's time frame. Right, and that federal law is is time and a half over forty hours. Wonderful, um, and if you are a live in nanny, then it would just apply to the hours that you are actually working. So when you're on the I clock. believe in most states, yeah. And, and I actually believe in most states, there are a handful, mm-hmm. uh, Massachusetts being another one of them, mm-hmm. um, they are not required to be paid the overtime rate um, because they are live-in. Right. It's, it's, a, it's a, little bit of a little bit of a different situation. Uh, they are still required to be paid for all hours. Uh, those handful of states have specific laws outlined. So again, as you said, it's important to look at each state's laws. Wonderful. Um, great. And then uh, last question, and this is kind of a easy softball question, but just wanted to cover it. Can your nanny family just put you on their personal company's payroll? You know what? That actually seems like a very easy question. And a lot of nannies think it actually happened to me a few years ago. And oh, I will did tell it? You that. Okay. Yeah. And, and, and it happened to me. My nanny family did not know. They actually did not know. Mm-hmm. Um, it worked out fine. N- nobody got into very big trouble. Yeah. There were some fines to pay. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and I've, I've checked on this happened to me. So I've been with my current family for two years almost. So this was just three years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, there are two exceptions where they can do that. Okay, great. Two two exceptions. And those two exceptions are a sole proprietorship can do that. Mm-hmm. And a sole proprietorship is there's one person. One person owns the company. There's nobody else involved. Great. And the, the other exception is a for-profit farm. Oh, okay. I don't understand the reasoning <laughs> behind it. I'm going to make a shot in the dark guess. And the reason why you can't is because household employment has to have a direct positive effect on the financial or otherwise stability of the company. So a sole proprietorship is one person and that household employment has a direct effect on that one person. So I, that makes sense to me. And I believe a for-profit farm Mm-hmm. is a very similar situation right? because a for-profit farm is a 24-hour situation. There might be more to that than I understand. 
I'm totally guessing as to why those are the two exceptions. Yes. But those are the only two exceptions. Okay. And I've confirmed this a million times. I just had a nanny actually ask me this because their nanny family are trying to do everything right and 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 legal. Mm-hmm. And their accountant told them that they could do this. Mm-hmm. So she reached out to me and she sent me this thing and I said, you might want to tell them that that only applies to sole proprietorship and for-profit farms. Make their accountant do some homework. Right. And sure enough, she came back and said, you were right. The accountant had it wrong. Mm. So, which yes. is very interesting. That is very interesting. And just hearing you say that, um, for me personally, makes me feel better about calling uh, the accountant on it because it literally is their job <laughs> to it is their job yes to know this and to look it up when they don't so um I know that a lot of nannies uh, I am sure us included um have such kind soft hearts but like you said at the beginning of this podcast that this is business and this does not have to do with how well you will be able to care for the children if you are saying, in fact, it would make you a better caretaker for the children if you know that the finances are all done correctly because you can not worry about it and focus on just providing the best care for the kids. So just if you're listening to this and this all sounds very scary, um, know that, that you're not alone in that feeling, but biting the bullet and having this talk is going to potentially, hopefully, lead to a a much better lifestyle, you know, out of out of work as well as within work. Um that you don't dread tax season every year um <laughs> because of this. As someone who did have to piecemeal together for a few years tax season I would like wake up in the middle of the night I (laughs) absolutely dreaded it and I took my usual approach of if I if I'm scared of something then I obviously don't understand it well enough and started researching and things like that um but just I just want to put that out there that if you are not paid legally right now um or if you're piecemealing together, it is it is worth it to have these talks for your own peace of mind. Um, and I just want to provide that encouragement. Of course, we cannot make you do anything, um, but certainly it is it is worth those talks. It's one hundred percent worth it. And I will um, go out on a limb and say if if anybody wants to reach out to me and ask me for some advice on how to go about asking their nanny families how to do this, I will be more than welcome to help them. Oh, that is, that is so kind. Um, more than happy to do it. Yeah. What are some ways that they could do that? Well, I always say gauge the relationship, which is what I said before, gauge the relationship. Um, I always say, start the conversation with thank you. Mm -hmm. Never, never apologize, never apologize because you're not apologizing, but make them understand that you're grateful for the relationship that you have. And you, you know, say, I'm so thankful that we have this open communication and, um, it's important to me that this stays this way. 
I found out some stuff. I found out through, say, social media or say I listened to a podcast and I found out some information that might hurt us both if we don't fix this. Can we please sit down and talk about it? Yes. Um, No, I know. I know at the end of the day, there is no way to force anyone to do anything. Mm -hmm. Um, And I always say if a family refuses to pay legally, if they will straight up refuse, I suggest moving on. I don't suggest staying. To me, that's a red flag for many reasons. Uh, The main one being financial, because if a nanny family cannot afford to pay you legally, there's probably some other stuff going on there. Mm -hmm. But if they can afford to do it, and you have that relationship with them, that conversation, once you have it, it, it opens up such a much easier way to communicate with them on other things too. Yeah. It just, it just is. I mean, it's about framing. Like I said, it's about framing the conversation in a positive light. Yeah. You thank them. I I know that sounds so hokey in a way, but (laughs) we are often apologizing for things that we shouldn't be apologizing for. Like, I'm sorry to bring this up. Right. No, you're not sorry to bring this up. You're thankful that you're able to bring this up. Yes. That's that's the number one. So you thank them for that communication. And then you say, I'm so happy that I have this job with you. I love your children. I found out X, Y, and Z. We need to fix this. That seems so basic. There's obviously a lot more language that you need to be putting in there. Right. But that's where you frame it. You frame it from a place of of good and kind and thankful. Yeah. And then you work from there, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, those horror stories that we hear about, mm-hmm. they happen, mm-hmm. but I think there's more good stories. I think that there's more great nanny families and there's more great nanny family, nanny relationships out there than we know about. They're, yes. they're out there. So, and, uh, in the words of, of, Tina Fey, not a direct quote, certainly, but a paraphrase. She, uh, she talks about how she's more scared to bring stuff up with her nanny than her nanny is to bring stuff up with her. There's a whole story arc in uh, 30 Rock about it of criticizing the nanny and being worried about that. So also know that they, your nanny family cares about your happiness and your well-being. Um, or they should. And if they don't, then that's a huge red flag. Yeah. I mean, and that's, that's the basis. I mean, if you do have this conversation and it doesn't go as you want it to, then, then, then that's a whole other, that's a whole other issue. Right. (laughs) Yeah. You know, I mean, there's respect, there's, there's considerateness that is not there. So that's a whole conversation. And I know it's easier to be said than done. Right. Yes. Which is why I'm spending 15 minutes of this podcast on this, because I I know that that is a very difficult conversation, especially if you have been paid under the table for years um, with one family. So just you are the captain of your own ship and it, it won't change unless you take the helm. Yep. You take the helm and you have the conversation. Absolutely. Um, so just go for it. You can do it. <laughs> you absolutely can. Yeah, um, absolutely. Wonderful. Well, um, like I've mentioned throughout this 
most of this podcast, a lot of these resources will be available at chroniclesofnania.com. And Nania is spelled N-A-N-N-Y-A. Um, you can also email in to chroniclesofnania at gmail.com with questions. I would love to answer your questions. And if I cannot answer your questions, I can get in touch with Jen about this, or Jen has also so kindly offered to answer questions. Um, how can someone find you? I am available at Jen with two N's, Hilton73 at gmail.com. Jen Hilton73 at gmail.com. And I'm also, as many of you are all aware, available over on the Nanny Love. I can be reached there too. So, and you yes. all know I help admin that. that that amazing group brought about by Marie. So yes, I'm, and I'm, I'm always over there. So yes. And that's in fact how, how you and I connected and met. Um, yes. Which I'm so grateful for. Uh, what a, what a nice thing to have happen, which is one of the reasons that I love those community building um, groups on Facebook, the nanny love being probably the pinnacle of it. Um I would happen to agree. Yes, yes. I'm biased, but <laughs> yes. but certainly in my experience, it it is a a place of of nanny love, and it is, it is, and that's such a nice. We thing. try, yes, and it it also. I mean, we've talked about how important uh, finding that support group and that network of friends that understand what you do all day. Because many, you know, civilians, <laughs> not nannies. Civilians. Uh, yeah, don't understand. <laughs> they don't. They don't get it. They don't get it. And you can I'm, tell them I'm all lucky. Day. I'm lucky my husband gets it. He does. I mean, yes. I also bring home a good paycheck, so he realizes that. <laughs> However, we've heard it many times where nannies are so frustrated because they get the comment, well, you don't have a real job. Yeah. Yeah, we do. We do. Mm-hmm. We really do. This is a profession that we all take so seriously. Yes, we certainly do. Um, wonderful. Well, um, I have plugged Chronicles of Nannia a bit, but I wanted to ask you if there's anything that you would like to plug. Well, I do own a small business. Um, um, it's it's Final Graphics. It's called Vector Imaging. It has nothing to do with nannying directly. However, a okay. <laughs> we, we we do make some stickers, some beautiful vinyl graphic stickers, and many of our listeners who are in the nanny love mm-hmm. have probably seen a little sample. I've made a couple of Marie's logos um, in sticker form. Wonderful. Um, so, so that that's what we do, and uh, we have a Facebook page. We don't have a full-on website quite yet. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of work to build one. Yes, it but is. If, if it's a lot of work, um, but if anybody wanted to look up Vector Imaging, mm-hmm. we are it's Vector Imaging, and we are on Facebook. We're located in New Hampshire. Um, I can send you the link, and maybe you can link it yes, if you wanted to. I would love to do that. Um, so look for that this week on uh, Chronicles of Nania on Facebook. I'll also tweet that out um, and probably put on Instagram a, the picture that you're talking about of the logo. Oh, yes, absolutely, absolutely. Um, so, yes, if you have any needs of uh, stickers or, or decals for cars or things like that, please uh, reach out to Vector Imaging Uh for those needs. And then we end each episode with 
a funny story or quote uh, just to end on a lighthearted note? I do have a couple. I, I'm not sure which one to share. Okay. Um, I don't want to offend anyone with any sort of – because I have some pretty funny stories. Oh, um, well, how about this? We will do a disclaimer. If you know your own self, if you are listening and you are easily offended <laughs> – Stop listening uh, for for right now. But if you would like to hear, uh, then I would love to hear. Those stories are always so fun. Well, I have two. I'll start with one, and if we have time, I'll share both. So my Great. first one, my very first one, was with my first nanny family, and they are amazing. The children are now, I believe, gosh, twenty four and twenty six. Oh, wow. If that tells you, <laughs> yeah. So so I'm old, obviously. Um, so that the youngest is a boy and he was approximately four and a half years old when this mm-hmm. happened. Um, and he used to sleepwalk a little bit. This is not oh, offensive. Oh, right. to me, it's not offensive. But, right. and my mom boss, I adore her. Um, she loved cats. So not only was the house full of cats, I believe at the time we had three. Um, mm-hmm. when I left, there was much more. Um, oh, Wow. So, so they, they had a powder room style bathroom, um, mm-hmm. off the main hall and there was a cat box hiding in the stand up shower. It was very, very well hidden, mm-hmm. and, uh, the, but the curtain was generally left open <laughs> and we did not know until one morning that, um, the youngest would sleepwalk and he was sleepwalking and he would go and pee in the cat box. Oh my gosh. So I thought that was pretty, pretty funny. Um, I reminded him of that story a couple of months ago and yeah, (laughs) he, uh, he thought that that was, I did not remind him publicly. Right. Right. (laughs) But yeah, we had a good laugh. Um, and they're on my Facebook page. So I feel extremely privileged to know that my former nanny kids are on my Facebook page. So I'm cool in some aspects, but so the other story I have, and I don't even, I can't even this, it, if I start to laugh uncontrollably, (laughs) I apologize. So, and this is the one that might be offensive. Uh, I hope not. There's no foul language, but, um, my, a previous nanny child, um, I, she was, she was an only child. Her mom had to have surgery. She had like a little bit of a growth in her abdomen Mm. and it was not a big deal. It was very minor and she was in the hospital for a few days. And so, so (laughs) my nanny's child was staying with me and we're kind of traveling back and forth. And I went to pick her up at school. She was in kindergarten and her kindergarten teacher pulled me aside and she was laughing and controllably. She said, you'll never guess (laughs) what was said today in circle time. And I said, oh, boy. <laughs> well, apparently my my little nanny charge, I won't say her name for, right. yes, for privacy you. reasons, um, shared with Circle that her mommy was in the hospital to have an orange removed from her hoo-ha. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, I, I, could, I could probably have – a night's worth of stories, but those were the two that stood out in my mind. Yes. That is so funny. Yeah. The entire class was, most of the children didn't really get it, but all the teachers. So there was the para, the paras were in the class Mm -hmm. and, and the teacher, they were trying, she explained (laughs) to me how they were trying so hard to not die of laughter. 
Oh, because I that bet. was that was funny. Yes, <laughs> so, that is so, very funny. My so those are my a, two stories. My mom's a second grade teacher, and she has several stories like that of just trying to keep it together. <laughs> For a very sort of private story that was shared, but it was shared so matter-of-factly. Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> I can only imagine what your mom has, has heard. <laughs> oh, yes, which uh, we might share some of those uh, at the end of episodes at some point. So be on the lookout. Um, well, wonderful. Um, is there anything else that, that you'd like to add? Um, no, uh, come to the nanny love. Yes. I guess that's the only one plug, plug, plug for the nanny love. <laughs> yes. Which we, uh, I will be doing an interview with Marie, um, hopefully Yay. very soon. So there'll be more information about, uh, that resource because it is, it's a wonderful resource. I have learned so much, um, already by being on it. Um, and you know, I consider myself a, a pretty knowledged nanny, but there's always room to grow and learn. Um, and we can learn so much from each other. It is such a, a private individual job. Uh, if you let it be, <laughs> if you let it be, and this is a sort of, it's such a way to make it not be, I guess, yes. in a very simple sentence. And we kind of have we now have co-workers in a sense, you know, yeah. cause there's not a lot of, I mean, I, I work in a very saturated area for nannies, mm-hmm. but it's an hour for me. I work, I live in Southern New Hampshire, so I can go down to Boston and meet up with a bunch of nannies, but right. do I always want to travel? But there are locations where there's nannies and they have to travel much farther, yes. <laughs> so, yes. you know? Um, and I just wanted to say whoever's listening, the types of connections that we make, um, I have received probably two dozen cards from nannies who I've helped with this very topic of thanks because they've been able to work it out with their nanny families. I just wanted to add them. I'm not going to say any of them by name, um, but, but the amount of impact that we have on each other in a group like that. And there are many groups. Mm -hmm. um, There are so incredible. It's just so incredible. Yes. So, um, if you are not on the nanny love right now, please check it out. Um, see if, see if it's right for you. But if you're a nanny and you love your job, I think it's right for you. Um, I do too. <laughs> so well worth checking out. Um, well, wonderful. My goodness. Thank you so much, Jen. Oh, you're welcome. You're so welcome. I was so happy to be here. Well, thank you so much. And thank you all for listening. We'll see you next week. The Chronicles of Nanny is produced by Martha Reddick and Logan Nielsen. Artwork and logo by Noni Amadon. Theme music by Brad Kemp. Find him at secondbedroomstudio.com. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Chronicles of Nania and on Twitter at Nania Podcast. To contact us, email chroniclesofnania at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.